Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball. Three of the DS series have been completed. One remains, and we got a lot of upsets happening. Let's talk all about it. Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball. Thank you very much for joining us. My name is Jimmy. We got Jake coming to you from his home. Trevor from his home. Me from my home. BBD from Manhattan. Brought to you by SeatGeek. Use code JOHNBOYPLAYOFFS for 10% off at SeatGeek at the app or the website or however you want to get tickets. We got a four. We have four games to get, get, on, get through here today. It's a big old day for baseball. And one of the games... Went 18 innings. So basically like five games. We're cron pod as always, Jake. So can you just take us through the first game of yesterday, which was Phillies Braves, which was an elimination game for the Braves. The seat geek burn. Let's get right to it. We are going to Philadelphia game. For the salt man, Charlie Morton, trying to save the brave season. Versus the king of Asgard, Thor, Noah Syndergaard, trying to take the Phillies to the promised land. The bottom second, Jay Wright's in the stand, and it is Marsh Madness. Three-run home run for the Phillies. Are you kidding me? But one, two, three, Arcea's. Solo shout for Arcia. The Braves aren't dead yet. JT Real Muto, the little league inside the park home run. Do you believe in October baseball? Missing person look for Acuna. Where are you, kid? Date my daughter. A little fortitude from the Braves to make it fortitude. But Trev's guy guy. Reeser with the RBI single. Real Muto. The infield dribbler and Hopper, he bloops one in. And just like that, it's 7-2 Phillies. Harper hits another homer and Darno does too, but you Darno, it's not enough. The Phillies, Cindergard to Bilotti to Jimmy's Brad Hand, Alvarado, Eflin, and Sir Anthony Dominguez. The fighting Phils are going to the NLCS. They win this game 8-3, to three and they take the series three games to one. Trev. Oh, our first team advances. Trev, what you got? I'm happy, man. You know, the Phillies are playing with tenacity, I think. I don't even know what that word means, but it seems like the right word for uh, this moment. Uh, and basically, they kind of got clicking. And I know it's funny because when we're talking about the middle of this game, when they kind of broke it open, and it's we go back and forth between homers win you games in the playoffs, and then you got all the guys on TV telling you that contact matters and you got to put the ball in play. And they've kind of done a little bit of both the Phillies here. Those three hits there, the Hoskins bloop, the Rio Muto infield bunt single, swinging bunt single, and then Harper kind of just like shooting one through the shift a little bit over there in the hole. I mean, 
they're doing everything right. And everything is kind of going the Phillies way back to back short starts by the brave starters and strider. And then Morton gets hit with the comebacker. Um, That was interesting to me, man, because even though the Braves bullpen was still, I think they were rested enough and they had enough guys to get through this game. I mean, the exposure that you get uh, with the bullpen, all it ha- all you have to have is one guy kind of put some guys on base and then things can happen. You can add some insurance runs and it's kind of what happened. Philly gets hot. We're seeing these series, dude. We're seeing these series where the teams that had that five-day layoff, just offensively, it's it's kind of become too much. I mean, the Braves were three runs, three runs, one run, and six runs, and uh, they just never kind of clicked fully offensively, and we're and we're we're starting to see that now. It's like, do we go back and think about the new playoff system, and do we make changes to it? Because right now, it doesn't seem like you have an advantage if you have the five day layoff. That's a big storyline going right now, and I. Probably it's too early to tell and you got to see it a couple seasons in a row. And the five game set is just basically a crapshoot all the time. But basically doesn't help that the Braves had Strider on uh, coming off injury. The Morton has another another comeback. He had one last year where he broke broke his foot or hand. I forget what it was. It broke his a bone. leg, his yeah. leg. Yeah. And he kept pitching on it. So the Braves pitching is is hurt and hobbled and all that and also had a terrible start in game one. But, I mean, the Phillies got a lot of juice, mojo. And I'm, I'm very jealous of Phillies crowd. And we'll get to this on the next segment or whatever, the Padres crowd. And it just feels like um, awesome. Just, you know, freshness and like excitement and really like ringing and out all the moments and helping the teams go. I mean, and then you have Marsh, you know, the trade and it was kind of an odd trade. And then he's a hero for a game, the Homer, the big double. And those things are cool. It felt like playoff baseball. This, this was a team. Yeah. Before we do the playoff format stuff, cause let's see the rest of this year. Let's see the next couple years or two. Let's give credit to the Phillies. Cause you know, you can talk about the hitting side of it. Cause that's where the layoff's supposed to affect you. Right. You don't see that live pitching. And then you come back in uh, the Phillies. Remember they almost blew this. Uh, they got swept by the Cubs. Remember how that was one of the Mets like losing rallying cries. This team got swept by the Cubs. They were losing a ton of baseball games. Thought, these Brewers might catch them. No, uh, they went into St. Louis. They got their work done there in two games. And then the Braves, um, you know, Trev, it, the pitching, I, I mean, they put up a nine spot and an eight spot. So that that's where the layoff stuff. I mean, the, the Braves good bullpen in this game got touched up. So, yeah, I know, you know, Morton, you know, one of the biggest RPM curveballs in the game. Marsh gets them and you say, whoa, you know, that that felt like Philly has the good juice this year. Right. But then, you know, Jimmy's guy, Colin McHugh, he gives up a run. A.J. Minter gives up a couple. Even my guy, Reisel, you know, that's that's the guy I said, if I could have any one stuff uh, in a bullpen, I'd take him. And man, they feel like (laughs) and it's funny because we're going to get to the Padres. They kind of feel like the team that's supposed to be 
this year's October team. Like we've talked about them for two years about the high end pitching and the dudes in their lineup that it's like, get them in a playoff series and let's see it. It's just funny because the Padres also have that juice and a goose attached to them. Um, But man, I mean, how many dudes in their lineup are going right now? Gene Segura with another multi-hit game. Marsh with two hits and a three-run homer. Uh, Real Muto, two hits. Harper, Hoskins, also two hits. Um, Schwarber with two walks. Like, their full lineup is going. And I think, you know, the fear factor has been the pitching, right? Like, we've got Syndergaard on a short leash in this game. Bilotti, let's be honest, not in a lot of doc- talking baseball people's books at this point. Uh, Brad Hand, Alvarado, Led Zeflin. You know, we we thought that was going to be this team's Achilles heel. And, you know, they outdid the Braves bullpen, the mighty Braves bullpen. Uh, you know, one of the best bullpens in baseball. So kind of every aspect. And like Jimmy said, with the trade for Marsh. And, dude, I said this guy's name when he came up and want to see what it was. Bryson Stott. Uh, making plays out there and just a stabilizing force at such an important position. We've seen it in every series, um, how important that shortstop position is. And the kid, I mean, he's becoming a little bit of a Philly legend himself. So, um, I mean, Phillies, man, the place is going nuts. I, I love it. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for the Phillies in this series, that bottom part of the lineup producing, if you get those guys in your lineup, producing and then you kind of have i mean you have like i said like six dudes at the top there that can really just win you a ball game at any time you don't even have to have all of them going i mean schwarber never got going you know hoskins had you know uh, a hit in this game and the big homer but he didn't he hasn't really got it going yet but when you have guys setting the table for you it just takes a two of your guys a few of your guys to do at the top of the lineup so this is that's the the format or the formula for success in the playoffs, man. Just putting guys on base and seeing what happens. And when your bottom of your lineup can do that for you, it makes things a lot easier. You have a lot more scoring chances. You can cash in. We've seen in this playoffs a lot of tough um, box scores with runners in scoring position. You know, you're leaving them out there. But when you keep presenting yourself with those opportunities, I mean, that's the way you win ball games. And you're right. The bullpen has figure some things out. They pieced it together, put guys in the right positions. They kind of move things around. Um, and Marsh, I mean, that was kind of a, a backbreaker home run right there. If you get up three, nothing at the beginning of an elimination game and Syndergaard looked great, man. Like that's, that's a start that you needed from him. I know he goes three innings, but you have enough in the back to piece it together. And if you're the Braves, you just, you kept inching closer, inching closer, but traffic on the bases and some of those senile singles and bloopers like fall and kind of everything was kind of breaking the Phillies way that they were making their own chances. But, you know, throughout these playoffs, they've had some innings where they've just placed the ball in the right spots and call it the baseball gods, call it what you want to call it. But as A-Rod says, contact is king. No homers here. Mm which is not true. A little bit of a trade game, huh? Some of these uh, matchups. I mean, you got Syndergaard starting and pitching well and Marsh coming through. And then on the brave side, Iglesias. Kenley, a lot of angels in this series doing it. Uh, for different teams, huh? 
Yeah, I didn't put that together while I was watching it. But yeah. Ken Kenley was free agent, but free agent. Yeah, but new. Yeah. No, and hey, uh, the other thing is we go through this box scores, and you're going to hear this about BBD's Yanks coming up. Uh, four hits from the Braves. You know, Trev, I, I know we we mock our guy Rod. Um, you know, the home run battle in this game uh, was was nose to nose, you know, and in, including an inside the park one by Real Mudo. Like you need more like that. That's the secret to that home run stat, because uh, guess what? If you hit two solo homers, but I hit a grand slam, that's going to favor me. Like, I hate to go analytics on you guys right now. Um, <laughs> the, 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 the Braves on, had the Braves had four hits uh, in their elimination game. The Phillies had 13. Um, and yeah, man, that, you know, if I told you one team had McHugh, Minter, Iglesias, and Jansen coming out, sorry, Dylan Lee, your name power is not there right now, but you actually had the clean inning. So I'll give you love right here. If I told you you had those guys going against my Paisan Bilotti and Alvarado Eflin and Sir Anthony Dominguez, it, you know, coming into this series, you would have taken those Braves guys. Every day, but the dudes in their lineup, everyone is a tough out right now. I mean, Bohm, uh, you know, haven't mentioned him. He had another hit in this game. Castellanos had a great series. Harper hit 500 this series. He slugged with a one dot. James Segura, how's your 462? Marsh with the homer in this game. Literally everyone, you know, uh, whether Yanks or Guardians or, or, or any of these teams, you have guys on on the team and in the lineup that currently aren't contributing because it's four games and it, it's tough to get everyone. They've got everyone, even Schwarbo, even though he didn't hit, he's got his on base percentage up to 333. And then on the other side, you go through the Braves, young, thick, money, Mike. Uh, I mean, those guys are, you know, two of the dudes on that team. Their batting averages start in the zero. Um, you know, Dan's Bay did not have it this series that, yeah, I, I mean, when when you look at it, it ends up looking simple. The the Phillies got it done and the Braves didn't. There's no like, you know, sneaky comeback or massive error. Like they got beat. Yeah, I think if you go over the pitching and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think the only good start from the Braves was Kyle Wright. Freed struggled a little bit. We have Strider's short start. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have Morton short start. And then on the on the flip side, uh, you had Two good starts from Wheeler, Wheeler and Nola. I know Ranger kind of had a tough one to start. Wheeler. Did I say Wheeler? That was a little. That was a little sports talk, Trev. Oh no! Don't please don't put me in. That I like that. Just I'm waking up out here, but that means something too. It means something too when you can get your starters to go out there and have a few good starts there. Uh, I keep saying like exposure to the bullpen, and what I really mean by that is like when you keep replacing guys, it only takes one guy to blow up. And to put a bunch of guys on base and things happen, um, and a team that can avoid that—I mean, that's we've seen that the bullpens have been paramount in these series too. Like we've seen a lot of lot of innings from teams and their bullpens, and the Braves just did it, man. I don't know. Like the the do you think you talked about Rio Muto's homer and Acuna not getting over there? That was in the third inning. Um, there was a solo homer by Atlanta there in the top half. So now it's three, one, you're like, okay, back in the game. And then real Moto hits that. If you keep them on third base and you get out of that inning, is it a different game? I don't know. It's a difficult ball for a Cooney to go get over there on. It's in left center. It's like, 
you have to, I guess you have to be anticipating that. Uh, but that was interesting to me. I mean, he wasn't anywhere close. He didn't even try to just take a, bad a step over there. Yeah, it's more of a bad look than like he could have made anything happen. There was, yeah. was a perfectly I mean, placed maybe he holds him to a triple, but I mean, it's only one got run. We're not blaming. You can't blame the series or or even the game or anything on that. I just think it's a bad look it's, but to it's not. Those, it's those. It's those answering innings. Yeah, but you you know you 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 need to shut down inning. Yeah, you get within two. You want to shut down inning because you score again the next one. Now it's three to two. It's just it's just different ball games, different feels to the bats the rest of the game. I'm not going to put that on Acuna because I agree with you, James. I don't know if he could have done anything differently there except go and try i don't think he was going to affect the play but yeah i I, I don't know i guess i guess you want harris to go after that ball but at the same time you know that wall is tricky out there it's got that weird angle if it gets off of it it's going to bounce and into. i want him to go after it like you know it's the postseason you're looking and a big catch like that can i mean it can change the whole confidence of everyone so I, i don't mind him going after it I think if Acuna is just following the play slightly, it's got a, a catcher running. He holds him. He was, I mean, yeah, Harris had to field it, right? Yeah. But didn't, I didn't see, a, I tried, I watched like the main clip on Twitter a bunch. I didn't see like a slow-mo replay or like an ISO camera on uh, Acuna, but didn't Harris field it? He did. And I had to run after it. Yeah. Like get up and run after it. Like, come on. If Acuna's trailing the play, he's got to, he stops him at third. Yeah. That's just a weird it's, wall out there. I don't know. But he again, again, it's, 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 it's nothing but a bad look for Acuna. It's yeah. something you dive into when your team loses a series because you're mad about stuff. And, and momentum, momentum's real and we can't measure it. But I don't know. Let, let's say there's an alternate universe where Acuna does hustle over there. They make a relay throw and they get real Mudo out at home. You know, what What does that do for the Braves energy and what does it do to the energy in that Philly stadium that was going nuts? We'll never know. And it doesn't matter. And yeah, I mean, when we talk Braves this offseason, you know, Freddie Freeman was the guy, right? We're building monuments. He's the dude. He's he's the like the leader of the clubhouse. If you're going to ask someone's questions, it's him. Um, you know, we kind of wondered, was, was Ronnie going to be next? I mean, he's the you know, probably most talented dude on that team, you know, he's still very young and, you know, there's a couple things in in the past and not hustling snicker pulled him out and things like that. You know, they give, they give Austin Riley a massive extension. They give all their guys, massive extensions. Like who's, uh, you know, who's the, who's the alpha in that locker room? Cause Trev, correct me if I'm wrong. You know, there's a lot of alphas on that Philly team, but like, you know, it's Harper. Like, you know, if you if you're coming through the front door, you got to deal with them. And hey, again, does any of this stuff matter if if you get if Charlie Morton pitched eight shutout? No, but that's not what happened. And that's how you end up in these conversations. Baseball. Freaking bottom of the six is going to haunt Braves fans for a while. I know that wasn't the whole series, but just some really kind of lucky type hits and to put the game away four two, and then you give up three there on three balls with exit velocities, what less than 80 miles per hour. Like that's, t- that's a tough pill to swallow. And you got your guys in there, mentor to Iglesias. And it just, it's tough. And, and that's what a rod just said is baseball, baby. You know, they always say that we always talk about the NL East being a dog fight. I think if we've learned anything, it's just Jake tweeted it. Just, 
stay stay away from the fray. Last year, this year, don't get in that grind too early. Tie yourself Hang out. It. I'm going to make a meme. I was telling Jimmy on BBD on waiting for the subway yesterday. Trev, you'll know this because you're a music video guy. Uh, Outcast Roses. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Speaker Box and the Love Below uh, fighting for the girl. Caroline, we'll yeah. call her. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. at, at the end of the music video, they're all brawling and Cat Williams comes in. Look left, look right. This is your past. And then he leaves with the girl. That's what the Phillies did. Jakey okay. memes. And the I don't speak a box. You lost me. Below. Well, I saw it. I bought it. it was All right. Uh, are we going to preview? Like the We got to talk about the Padres coming up. So we'll just move on. Good job to the Phillies. The crowd was electric. I'm excited to see more of the crowd. Excited to see more of Harper. <coughs> Harper's got to Har- shed. People got to stop hating this guy. Who hates him? I don't think anyone was really voted does. like the I, think mo- I don't think anyone yeah. does anymore. But you know, when yeah. he was younger, he was voted like the most hated player. It's like he's. You know what? Who the hell was my voting auntie Reed does? My auntie Reed doesn't like him because people tried to act like he was a young punk or whatever. He's everything a superstar player should be. Yeah, he's done nothing but play the game hard in the right play so hard. Career. Had was on the cover of Sports Illustrated at 16 years old. Has won MVPs. Is awesome. He did the body issue? Very clearly wants to win. Unless you're a fan of his rival team, that's fine. Obviously, but any third party neutral, like how could you hate this guy? He is electric to watch. Yeah, he swings the shit out of that thing. It reminds me of you, Jake, a little bit. Ooh. Don't like him while you're playing against him. That's fair. Yeah, that's fine. All right, let's move on to the next series of the day, which was Houston. I mean, this game chronologically started second. It ended way later. Houston goes to Seattle. First playoff game in Seattle in a long time, Jake. And they say, you know what? Let's play two. Let's burn the game. Brought to you by SeaKeek. John Boy playoffs get you 10% off any ticket. Thanks, you geek. Jake, what you got? First home playoff game in Seattle in DBD's lifetime, kind of. We've got Trevs. The Snapdragon is Moxie King Lance McCullers Jr. on the bump for Houston as Kirby tries to harden up for the Mariners and get them on the board in the win column and guess what those dudes did their job six shutout from lance seven shutout from george kirby guys i don't traditionally know what to do with a game like this because we're going into the 18th and correa's in the studio but pena's on the field our young king goes up top to center field 415 it's one nothing houston and that was it McCullers to Neris to Montero to Presley, Abreu, Stanek, Brown. And then how about we're rocking the baby to sleep with Luis Garcia for the last five innings. That matters in October. The Houston Astros sweep the Seattle Mariners and the ALCS will go through Houston for the sixth straight year. Mariners win. Mariners lose. The Mariners lost. 
The crowd was electric. And no one scored. No one. Six straight year in the ALCS. I that's just you're spoiled. Houston fans, you're spoiled. There's no way around it, man. That is insane. Wild one pitching holds strong the whole way for both teams. Zero zero. I was incredibly impressed with Kirby. He got out of a ton of jams. Seven left on base. And I didn't really know. I mean, I don't, I mean, I didn't watch Kirby all season and I didn't know if, you know, I don't know his makeup or if that's his like MO, but under the circumstances, elimination game in like the most wild environment he's pitched. He had, I think, three or four big jams and got out of it, which just kept that momentum and the wild energy building. I love seeing all the shoes on their head. I'm a little sad that's ending. I don't know how that started. I, I, I'm a little late to it. The watch party. The watch party started it. There was a watch party they had. Um, some guy, I think, last name Cox. Okay. Put a shoe on his head. That makes all the sense in the world, doesn't it? Everyone started falling along, and here we go. It's awesome. It was awesome. It's over now. Credit to the Astros. They're just very good. I love what Kirby did in this game. Um, you know, closes out game two in the wild card, gets a start here. This guy was in double A to start the year. And now, you know, pitching in an elimination game against a vaunted. Astros lineup and what he was able to do. I mean, he got Altuve four times. They let him face Altuve four times, and that's nuts to me. Um, so you have to give credit there, and then matching him pitch for pitch. McCullers goes six innings and does a damn thing, and that's kind of you know they have a lot of strengths on this Houston team, but the ability to have starters do what they did in this series, and then at the end of this game, too, we'll talk about Luis Garcia in a little bit. I mean, it's incredible the depth that they have there, and Dusty was able to draw on that. And he said some, he had some quotes after the game talking about running out of pitching when he was the manager of the Giants, and he said, that's not a good feeling to have. They could have played another full game, and he would have had enough pitching. That's how deep this Astros uh, pitching staff is, man. It was incredible to watch. They, they're stacked, man. I, you know, it was funny looking at the year end numbers and seeing them, the Dodgers and the Braves pop up on every leaderboard. Well, we'll see them later. Uh, but Houston, I, I mean, McCullers, like, like you said, Trev, he came back and I, I think for, for me and Jim, we were kind of like, Oh, all right. Like McCullers is back. Like, let's see what he's got. A lot of teams would talk about him as their one, like playoff experience. He got that extension. Um, he goes six innings, two hits, two walks, seven Ks, just in control, 88 pitches. And then the names in that Houston bullpen, for some reason, they don't jump out like some of the flashier names. But whatever they do down there, I mean, Ryan Presley has been doing it for a while. Now your guy, Montero, has taken a leap with them. Naris has taken a leap with them. Abreu, Stanek. Um, and then Hunter Brown. I was excited when they called him up. We did our, our little uh, young guys who might get the call watch, a, a guy that can get near triple digits, two innings, and then Luis Garcia just rocking the baby home for the final five innings. Um yeah, man, it's crazy that every pitch that those Houston guys threw the last nine innings, if you just let one drift over the plate yeah. or, you spit, or you don't spin it, you don't snap it enough, the game is over. And then what would we be saying? If these Mariners stole one in 16, would we be saying, like, what, did that just change that? Did they break the algorithm? Like, uh, no, 
Instead, Houston sweeps, and they're easily the best team remaining. But if you're a Mariners fan, it's weird to watch this series and lose all these games, but know that you played well enough to win every single freaking game. You're a, free, you're a few Jordan Alvarez. Screw that. You're a few Jeremy Pena at bats away yeah. from winning this series. He set the table first two games, obviously has the homer in this game. But if, you, if you're able to keep him off the bases, not let Jordan come up in the first two games, you're sitting pretty. I mean, this has got to be – I can't tell if you're a Mariners fan, you're just so proud of this team and the way they played, or you're just like, what happened? I guess the better team ends up winning this series, but the baseball was just really good for both sides here. It could have went either way, and I There's guess I don't weird- know. How do you feel about that if you're a Mariners fan? I, I just I just don't know. you got to feel just dejected. And well, it hurt less if it wasn't the Astros maybe. Um, but it is, yeah. you know, the division rival that they got lost to. But I mean, the crowd was electric and they were in every game. I think the game one stings more than than ever now. And this game, I mean, there's a lot of good defensive plays. That double play was wild. With Maldonado. Was, did you see that, Jake? He just yep. type French just catches it and touches him. It's like Maldonado was- argues like. Clearly, he was base. trying to interfere with the play. Like he's doing a little A Rod impression there, trying Ooh. to interfere with the pop up. But uh, that was just not a smart play by him. Yeah, yeah, it backfired. Like just stand on the base. And what was he going to do anyway? If he drops that, what's he going to do? Yeah, it's really Speed weird. Kills, man. Yeah. Uh, um, goes over for the series, yeah. so that means he will hit 600 in the ALCS and win ALCS MVP because that's when his season starts. How about the ninth inning, though? Think about this. Astros get second and third, and Brash comes in, strikes two guys out. Mariners come around, they get first and second, and they can't do anything. And then we have a whole another ball game after that. In the ninth inning, there was chances. No one you know, took advantage, and then we have to play a complete game after that before we get another run or any runs. I don't know, man. If you're a Mariners fan, you went to that whole game. I think Cal Raleigh caught every single pitch, which is awesome to think about. Hey, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, and then if you're a Mariners fan, you're probably standing for most of those games. You're probably absolutely exhausted today. Enjoy some off time. I don't know, man. It's brutal. I'm excited about the Mariners in 2023. How about that? Matt, some of the the sliders Matt Brash threw in that ninth inning and tenth inning were nuts. They were so cool. I, I I tweeted out the other day that young and up and coming AL teams, uh, Orioles join the radar this year, but clearly, you know, let's, let's see how it evolves. They are chaos. The Toronto blue Jays, right? They're supposed to be the new big bad wolf. Uh, they do not win a playoff game this year. Seattle takes them down Seattle, you know, the other kind of big time up and coming playoff team. They take care of the blue Jays. And then they run into Houston where you're talking about one pitch in, in at least the first and the last game, you know, uh, whether it's Pena or, or whether it's just running into one. And at the Robbie Ray, Jordan Alvarez will haunt them. Like, let, let's see what the future looks like. Maybe they grow from it. But, yeah, you're, you're right. If they had gotten Pena the at-bat before Jordan, so he never comes out, so that never happens. Um because all of their pitching, and uh, I started calling that that second wild card game, the house money game, as as I'm giving Houston all these credit. Um, you know, 
it would have those pitches that one mistake would have been a lot more pressure packed if there was a chance to go down one two in this series uh, as we just saw with the Braves and the Dodgers and potentially the Yankees coming up uh, instead you know they were up 2-0 that the, there's a little less pressure they execute and yeah it's it's why why people are excited about these Mariners is mostly it's Julio Rodriguez and that young pitching core. I mean, Kirby, Munoz, Brash, um, e- even the other guys that came out of the pen, Festa, Swanson had a monster year. Uh, they're set up, but yeah, uh, Houston, I mean, what do you say? Their experience feels like it reigns king. Yeah, There's just a, a level of comp. Uh, what? Pretty bad Festa joke in the broadcast. Something like he's having a festa out there. It's like, oh, uh, you got to run him, you know, some of the layups, you got to take him. Got to try. <laughs> and if there's a three open, uh, the shoes on the head, I have it on my screen now. Just cracking me up. Just a ridiculous thing. I love society. I, I don't like uh, as we end this, I'm going to be grouchy. I don't like these one o'clock playoff games. I that's why I didn't like the wild card weekend that much. The four games in a row with the one o'clock starts because as you're, you played baseball professionally, Trev, if you forgot, and we talked to other players what? that played professionally and the shadows are a real deal. Oh and a lot God. of hitters say you can't hit in those. And that's why we play at night and we don't play during the regular season. And I mean, we get a lot of these day games where there's just no hitting. And when the guard, the guardians and the rays go 15 scoreless and they go 18 scoreless. And a couple of years ago, we had the Braves and since go 15 or whatever it was scoreless. And, it's a bad product to put out there. I just yeah. I feel like MLB has to figure out a way to rearrange the you, schedule to not have so many one o'clock, four o'clock games that are being played in the in the shadows where there's just no offense. It, it's it's true. Shadows put a wrinkle in the ball, spin it at all, and you are as a hitter you just can't pick it up. It's it's. Sometimes you're sitting there like it's impossible to hit. It's dangerous at points. I have a question, and, and, and Mariners fans, you were there, let, uh, let me know in the comments. Mm. Usually they stop selling beer in like the seventh inning at these places. You went to 18. Did they miss out on all those beer sales? Like I need to know if they kept it open or not. I really have to know that. Um, but as far as these long games, Hap, uh, Ian Hap, our friend and our colleague, Mentioned on his show, the Compound Podcast, check it out, that he wants the ghost runner rule in the playoffs. And we've kind of been against that. And we've always had the same take where we want a couple innings of clean baseball. Maybe we get two of regular baseball, and then you can bring in the ghost runner rule. And I, 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 I'm starting to agree. I got, we had two massive and uh, two long games already in this postseason. I don't think people want to sit around for 123 at-bats with 42 strikeouts, dude. It isn't a good product when it's like that. And I like that it's it's suspenseful and all that. That's that's a good part of it. Uh, but you can create that with the runner on second too. And he and he mentions there is some strategy. Are you gonna bunt? You know, what do you do if you're the home team, away team, all that stuff? So I think we're gonna at the end of these playoffs, we'll take a look at them at, on a whole and see did we get this right? If not, how are we gonna fix it? It's still like a 10th inning clean in the regular season and the postseason. Maybe you give me the 10th, 11th, 12th clean before you go to the 13th. Um, but I don't know. You have we had any questions? It's, for the all, next it's all day too. games that do this. Yeah. So, and like 
It's a bad time slot anyway for postseason baseball. So that's a big, it's a different problem, but there's two different problems. All right. You got one more thing, Trev? I'm just saluting the Mariners. Saluting. Good hey, season, hey guys, Mariners. Guess what it is? Tough ending. It's your off season. Oh, Trev. Tell them they're dead. They're officially uh, dead. Trev, Trev you were right. Dead. Yeah. They have died. Right Trevor Plouffe had it first. Another great prediction. Game number three, Yankees, Guardians. Jake, got a burn? Fuck oh, you. Oh, babe. brought to you by SeatGeek, Code John Boy Playoffs, 10% off. Uh, Just play the burn. Sponge, burn, 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 have you ever seen a Sevy with the butterfly doors? Sevy with the butterfly doors. Yes, stunting is a habit. Luis Severino returns to the playoff bump for the New York Yankees against the good doctor. We'll see you now. Dr. Sticks, Tristan McKenzie, kind of our guy guy on the bump for the Guardian. Josh nails one early RBI single. And then rich homie Quan, baby, won't you come my way? It's two nothing guard dogs but trev we worked on the swing we looked at it on the plane big aaron judge joins the party 450 to deep center field we are locked up at twos and then my necklace king oswaldo he leans into one what fortitude by these upstart yankees to make the score four to two how's your kid brennan the rook came up in late september he gets another rbi single but harry bader not missing monty right now are you yankee fans i kind of are five to three yanks in the ninth oh no rosario with the rbi single and then this guy could live in a pineapple under the sea. He might be the king of Cleveland when it's all said and done. Big Oscar Gonzalez with the game-winning RBI walk-off single. Guardians rip out the hearts of Yankee fans as they win 6-5 guard dogs. Trev, you want to ask us questions or start? We were live all of our thoughts and opinions are out there on talking Yanks. Happy to share them uh, again or reiterate or whatever. I'm going to send the BBD. I'm going to slack you something to make a grand point here about my Yankees. All right. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know really where to start with this. I'm, I'm watching um, the ball that landed in front of Cabrera again. Are you guys, is that, was that talked about a lot? Left field defense, how it's coming to play in this series. And it's not this dude's fault. He's not a left fielder. He's just not, dude. Like he's athletic enough to go do it, but yes. So you guys did talk about that. Okay. Well, I wasn't the, sure. There's layers. They, there's layers yeah, it's pretty deep. I, I mean, I hate, I don't want to get it. They have two professional outfielders on the bench. And they have they a kid who's in there for his bat and had never played left field once in his minor league careers, 20 or so games out there. And he's looked decent enough. Um, I need a homer. And yeah, yeah, you want to start him, but 
you know, at that point, you're up two runs in the ninth. All you need is three outs. All you need is three outs. You don't need any more offense. And you have two professional outfielders on your bench and a non-professional outfielder playing the outfield. Who's looked all right, but, you know, he's not. That's not his gig. That was so, kind of my first thought about that was why wasn't Hicks out there? And they asked, and 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 then, yeah, and then a lot of the frustrations, Boone is just like full of shit in the postgame, so. Um. The other layer to that is Andrew Benintendi is taking at bats in Tampa uh, while we talk a gold glove left fielder who he's not. Hurt. If, well, his hand is still hurt. He's rehabbing. Um, but if you're not. If you're not going to use Hicks in any spot, they've had him, you know, potential pinch hit spot, potential defensive replacement spot. If you're not going to use him at all. I'd rather have a one-handed Ben Tendy come in for a ninth inning because that ends your argument. Like that guy knows how to play defense. So yeah, are we talking about two bloops and left? And, and what would that mean for this series? Um, you know, a couple more plays at shortstop that led to extra batters and a run and extra pitches. That when this Yankees bullpen, who their good bullpen has been good. Trevino, Johnny, and Wandy have been their guys coming into this series, and they've been good. But they end up running short on runs and outs, and at, they try to use their bullpen to pitch to, like, a perfect plan. Like, they, they don't think extra innings are real, and they don't think that wrinkles happen in plans. And when that happens, you have Clark Schmidt, young, talented, starting pitching prospect, coming in for a save on the road against the guard dogs. I don't know, man. Like at end of the day, you're looking in the mirror. Like we, we didn't execute this properly and credit to the guardians for again, knowing who they are, being who they are, putting the bat on the ball and making the, making it happen. Yeah. All credit goes. I mean, I'm not trying to take any away from the guardians because that's the game they play and they're playing it. And it's really, really good. Look at this graph, Trev. This is every ball. The guardians have put in play uh, in the air in the mm -hmm. postseason so far, and I'm sure their season matches it. So the gray dots are outs. Then you have four home runs. Okay, you're not catching those balls. One double off the wall. The Yankees are still playing their outfielders so deep. This Guardians yeah. team doesn't hit balls over your head, and they won't move the outfielders in. There shouldn't be... A no man's land. That's what Boone said. That ball in left field, John Connor just dropped into no man's land. No one catch that. Boone, you're full of shit. That's a, a left fielder catches that ball easily. Uh, that plays left field, but they won't like adjust to what the Guardians are doing. Is because Bader just... lets a ball drop in front of him that Miles Straw hits, and then twice they got balls dropping in front of them uh, in left field, and it's like, man, the Guardians are really good at putting the ball in play, guys. But Quan is up there, literally directing the ball exactly where he wants to go with check swings and half swings. It's very impressive. He's awesome to watch, but uh, it's very frustrating to see Bader who's fast as shit and can go back and get balls not being told or not playing in like how many balls do have to, we have to watch drop right in front of outfielders that that's where the guardians hit balls. Is it like a run prevention thing? Let's stop the extra base hits. That's what the analytics tells us we have to do because 
I get. I, I guess I understand that to a point, but there, you have to make adjustments, and they haven't been able to do that defensively. We but again, no, I can't. IKF booting balls and costing more yes. cost savvy around 15 pitches, which when you have a short bullpen, that's crazy. And then I we talked about it off air. The, the misconception right now um, is that the Yankees were dying for Clay Holmes to be in the game. That's not really the case. I, I, I very much wasn't. I didn't want Clay Holmes to come in. I wanted them to use the three relievers they had to get the last 10 outs, which is very doable, but they Trevino only got one out and then they pulled him after seven pitches. And then Luizaga was cruising. Jose Ramirez, he looked sharp Luizaga and Jose Ramirez hit a dribbler. Um, and he, and he beat it out and they pulled him after, and they pulled Luizaga after that, after 15 pitches, it's like, all right, you have a two run lead. You got three innings left. You got three good bullpen pitchers. We thought, they were pulling him early because Clay Holmes was part of their plan. And I was like, Clay Holmes can't be part of this plan. He hasn't been that good. We were wrong. Clay Holmes wasn't part of the plan. Clark Schmidt was. So why are you pulling your two really good relievers early when Clark Schmidt or a starter prospect is part of the plan? So, Man, and then Sevy comes out and Holmes comes out and it's a little bit of like disarray in the quotes and and players calling out Booney and it's it's kind of a bad look. Guardians fans hey, on the other side. Yeah, let's let's doing let's the go damn thing. Let's go over to the Guardians because there's a couple things that that jump off. Really strong effort from their bullpen. Hanches, last time we saw him, he was throwing uh, three innings and extra innings. Uh, he gives up the solo dong to Bader, but De Los Santos and Morgan uh, with his Bugs Bunny changeup, they end up going uh, four innings, one run. So, and that's their secondary bullpen. You know, they in game two they burnt out Class A. Um, and Stefan and, uh, you know, our guy, Karen check my doppelganger. Uh, so they don't use those guys in their secondary bullpen hold. So when we're talking about the Yankees current bullpen issues, uh, there, that should be in, in the foreground, uh, these guardians, how's your nine for 17 with runners in scoring position, uh, 15 hits, the guardians won this game, um, and good for them because they did it with their brand of baseball uh, coming back in front of that home crowd. Uh, you know, we, we know and are closer to the Yankees errors and some of them are things we've seen building through the season. So that's why we can harp on them uh, more significantly, but yeah, I, I mean, you know, I love the fact the Yankees were a pitch away in that, that video of Joe's and his boys has gone super viral and uh, us at, at the bar has gone pretty viral um, that, yeah, the, the Yankees, and we talked about this with game two, Trev, they played game two, like they were worried about, you know, playing a five game set. There was a little bit of that in this one too, yet you still, <laughs> you still use your good bullpen. A couple of those guys haven't pitched three days in a row and they would now have to. And, and now you're, you know, series on the line. So they, uh, I don't know. And like Jimmy said, I, I don't know if you saw the quotes or if the people heard the quotes or if they even care, but you know, Clay Holmes said I was good and ready to go. The Yankees said he wasn't uh, Sevy, who they 60 day I L'd earlier this season when he didn't want to, 
he said, oh, you're going to have to ask Booney and Blake what's going on there because we don't know anything about that. There's the Yankees at times operate like they are this model franchise that everyone copies and thinks are kings of the world. And yet then it gets just planted in their face. And we're hopefully a Garrett Cole special effort and a survival game in the Bronx away from a different story. But oh, boy. Communication, baby. That's what you got to have with your players. That's it. It's like it really is that simple. If you're a manager watching this show, which all 30 do, they've all told me. Communicate. My goodness. With all that said, you got Clark Schmidt on the mound. You got bases loaded. Naylor just looks bad on, I think it was just three straight breaking balls. Get the strikeout. You're still up a run. Oscar Gonzalez comes up. My freaking guy. There's been four guys now in the last couple of years that I've just seen. I've been a fan of instantly. Okay. Alec Manoa. I was like, damn, I like this guy. He's been really good. Jordan Alvarez. I was like, I'm in love with you right away. I love this swing. He's been really good. Oscar Gonzalez earlier in this year. I told you guys, like, who is this guy? He's a beast. The other one's uh, Bobby Witt Jr. Who nice season he had. Can't wait to see what he can do next year. Oscar Gonzalez comes up. He has gets down on the count. He has a horrible swing. On the last pitch, it doesn't matter. He gets the barrel to it. It was a one-handed, ass-out, great pitch right there. But he finds the barrel, dude. And this is what I'm talking about when I'm like, you don't just have to have one swing in the bag. You got to have a bunch of swings in the bag. When you're a hitter, and you're getting abused by breaking balls, there is that desperation mode. And there are times where you can figure out a way to let go of your bat with your top hand and extend with the left to get the barrel just there. And that's that's all he had to do. Face it back up the freaking box. He's this year's big poppy. All these game-winning hits, and they haven't been like, Super pretty. Obviously, we know the walk-off was nice. The walk-off bomb, you crush, but he has the the bloop hit. Now he's got this one ass-out swing up the middle. But, dude, give these guys credit. They played their game. And that's what I said coming into the series. They have an identity, and they can play to it. And that's what they've been doing. It's very true. And, and the Yankees just won't. They have better. They have better ways to present themselves and they're just not doing it like not having your best defense out when all you need is three outs that's very very strange i didn't even really think about that you that's what good teams do you need three outs and you win and you should say okay do we have our best defensive player at every position who's available on the bench a professional oh, outfielder in Hicks, a professional outfielder in Lo Castro, a young kid who hasn't played left field more than 20 times. Okay, let's sub that guy out. Hell, let's put that guy at short because he's a better shortstop than our starting shortstop and put Hicks That's in left a field. Another story, bro. And it's like, how do you not do that? Okay, Clayman's isn't available. We got to really ride Trevino, Luizica, and... Wandy, seven pitches, Trevino's out. What? 
I'm not taking away anything from the Guardians here because they beat the Yankees 15 hits. But the Yankees, I mean, you you're better than what you were doing. They were still in a position to win. Yeah, they were. But this is Uh, this is manager stuff, putting in the right defense, managing the bullpen. Like I said before the playoffs, I love the playoffs because managers have to make these decisions. You start to pare down the bullpen. You have your guys. Lanes has become a, a huge buzzword in baseball. We found the lane. We like go win the game, dude. Like put your guys in the position to succeed. You have the guys that you like, go let them do their thing. Like let them go play ball and do what they're supposed to do. You have to have your best defense in there at the end of the game, up two runs. That's the bottom line, dude. And to have those guys on the bench, that's a, it's mismanagement. It's what it is. I want to give a shout out to uh, Jake's best friend, Austin Hedges. His numbers, I don't even know what his batting average is, probably nothing in this 083. series. What's that? 083. His pitches per plate appearance is 5.5. His oh, on yeah. base percentage has to be 380, 370. Um, 375. 375. And he's a guy who should be an easy out based on his stats throughout the whole season and career. And he is not making it an easy out for whoever he's in the box against. And it's changing the game a little bit that this guardians bottom of the lineup who really aren't there to hit are working walks or working long counts, driving up pitch count. And the Yankees bullpen is short. And uh, so shout out to hedges. 5.5 every, pitches per is, is good for him. Every guardian starter had a hit. Uh, in the middle of the Yankees lineup, uh, Rizzo, Stanton, Donaldson, IKF, uh, they go 0 for 15. Rizzo had a walk. Uh, so there's a big, big gap there in how you're navigating a baseball game. And I wanted to say it before, but I'll try to drive it home harder now. When I mention those up and coming AL teams, Mariners gone now. Jays gone now. Birds, Orioles, I am chaos, not yet. And here are the Guardians, a win away from being the ones that are going to the CS. So shout out to the guard dogs. Um, Garrett Cole, you better drop it tonight. (laughs) My goodness. Let's give credit because this is an awesome stat, dude. Oscar Gonzalez, most career go-ahead hits in the ninth inning or later postseason history. He's sitting at the top with some legends. He's got three. Pete Rose has three. David Ortiz has three. Carlos Correa, Cody Bellinger, and our good friend J.D. Drew. Remember him? Mm. Him and Ortiz are the only guys to do it in one single postseason. And guess what? It ain't over for him yet. You could just tell by the way. uh, You could just tell by the way Oscar stands in the box in that moment. Where was I? Think I said it on a live stream or or thought it was just like, oh, this guy doesn't give a fuck. No, he has SpongeBob as his walk-up song. Yes, he doesn't care. (laughs) this he doesn't care Bob awesome all right guardians dude are you kidding me I mean this is we gonna give the pitching matchup Jim Cole Quantrill for a game I'm gonna try not to think about it so you can you can talk about it okay Cole Cole gets paid a lot of money 
almost as much money as that whole Guardians roster. It's going to be a fun talking point. We'll be streaming tonight. It'll be fun, too. On the Guardian side, they have a fresh pen. Their guys are ready to go. Class A is going to get 15 outs tomorrow or tonight. Great. Possibly. Oh, yeah. You know what Tito's doing? Talking Hammering. to his players about the game plan. <laughs> Come on. Here we go, kids. Chris Rose had a pretty good Tito impression. I don't know if he busts that out on baseball today. Right but now. You should get it. Right now. He's good. <sighs> go Guardians, go. Yeah, I mean, this game is going to be like Quantrill for three, Steven for three. Or Quantrill for three, Steven, Morgan for one, Karen Jack for, for one, if he can. Classe for two. You guys look stressed already. What I mean, if the Yankees win, they need so many changes to even have be, be have a chance in the ALCS that they're not gonna do. So it's a little bit. Oh, this same feeling the last four years of Boone and, and Co. Co. Postseason. Let's move on to more heartbreak from a big team. Dodgers wow. lose 101 wow. wins on the season, 111 wins on the season. Padres. Ooh, their trades come through in a big game. Soto gets the hit. Hater gets the save. Jake, can you burn it for the people? Sure. Brought to you by C- Code at John Boy Playoffs for 10% off any ticket. Can you hear me knocking Joe Musgrove and the daddies with a chance to eliminate the L.A. Dodgers? While meanwhile, Mr. Anderson hopes the Dodgers can matrix their way into a game five in L.A. Jim spoiled it a little bit. Frederick Freddie Freeman with the two RBI double. It's two nothing Dodgers. It would stay that way into the seventh and Will Smith. He gets jiggy with a little sack fly. It's three nothing Dodgers. That's good news, right? The seventh inning Dodgers fans. Oh no. TFA. Nola with the infield single. Kim leans into one. Juan Soto. And then my guy, Jake does not suck. Jake does not suck. Jake does not suck. Cronenworth. With the two RBI single, we are fist pumping. Trev says I suck. Pot Padres bullpen does what the Padres bullpen has done. Tim Hill might be on Trevor Plouffe's hate list. We'll get into that in a second. But I'm starting to think that Josh Hader trade pays off. He strikes out the side, the top of the Dodgers lineup. And in San Diego, the rain falls down. We're going nuts in the stands. The Padres are going on to face the Phillies in your NLCS. Woo! 5-3 final. Uh, Tim Hill. How about them Padres? The no. crowd is electric. It was electric. I just want to say there's a reason I wore this outfit. Why is that? Well, look at what's happening. L.A. Offseason. It's your offseason. On. Un- Believable, James. Go ahead. 
I was really in a sad place when this game was going down. So I was kind of just like, you know, it was almost like in a classic rom-com, just like eating ice cream while watching an old black and white romantic comedy. But you I didn't ice cream. No, I know I didn't do that. I was just in my hotel room, like trying my hardest to fall asleep. I was so tired and sad. Um, but then I was just like, look at all the fun the Padres are having. We don't even know what it feels like to have fun. Yankee Stadium's been dead. Jealous of the Phillies and the Padres because Yankee Stadium been all dead the first two games. I guarantee it was a day game, but like, man, even Dodger Stadium doesn't compare. It's like it got a little used to it. I wonder the Astros. I haven't really like watched it like that, but you look at Seattle and Philly and San Diego and all of this energy and it's insane. It's like amazing. And then that seventh inning. Soto like with that weird ass slide where he's like rolling around and then they're all excited. Cromer screaming Manny Machado in the post game. It's fuck. That's so fun. Those guys post game interviews that they did Machado shirtless Soto dancing around. That was like pretty intense. I was, I was happy for that, but this is a, this was an interesting one and we're going to question some managerial decisions again this side this time with Dave Roberts and and what he did with the pitching staff. I, I'm not so sure I like the way he approached this game. You had Tyler Anderson like kind of cruising, dude. And I know you got a bullpen there and it's fresh, but he's been good against these Padres all year long. He's looking great here. And then you decide to bring in Martin. And again, he described that as we like the lane. For Martin, I don't even know what that means, dude. Mm. Like this guy was closing games out for you. Now he's in in the six. Okay, he gets through it, gets out of a little jam there, and then you bring in Canley. He's it's just not his day. Uh, and then Almonte comes in, and he had been great. He had struck out every single batter he had faced coming into the game. Um, just didn't have it, and that was an interesting. This is an interesting inning because you get. Uh, first and second there with Kim up, and now the Dodgers are playing for a bunt. Their defense is set up for a bunt. They end up not bunting. Third baseman is drawn in. He hits a ball right past the third baseman down the line, and now you set it up. And here's where I also kind of got confused. Second and third, Juan Soto's up. You got an open base, a chance mm. to put a runner on to set up a double play, and we don't do that? Now, I know who's hitting behind him. I understand that. But you're going to get Machado up with second and third, two outs, best case scenario. So why not set it up and try to get a double play ball? Instead, you pitch to him. He gets the single. And then I think Machado ends up striking out. Yeah, he struck out. out. And then the decision to go to uh, Vesia was interesting, too. I don't mind him doing that, but like, did you not foresee that happening? Cause he, he got up in a pinch probably through like three or four pitches in the bullpen and you bring him in in a one Oh count. It was pure panic mode out there. Like if you saw the lane for Chris Martin in the sixth, where was the lane for Vesia? Like you knew this was happening. The lineup is there. You understand who's available off the bench and all this stuff you bring him in and he's been great but you don't give enough time to warm up. Like, I just don't understand how all that ended up happening and the Padres capitalize on it, man. It was, it was an excruciating inning to watch. If you're a Dodgers fan, dude, 
walk, single, double, single. Then you have a strikeout. Then Drury pops up with you know a, a big spot there. She's like, okay. And then Vessia comes in on the 1-0 count, and Cronenworth comes through. Jake does not suck. Two heaters by him, and then Vessia decides to flip up the slider. Cronenworth said, nah, too much to the plate, dude. It was a nice swing dude. by Cronenworth. I like that swing. Great yeah. swing, but just very questionable how all of this went down. I will say on the Especially Tyler- when you see Phillips come in and strike out three dudes in a row, too. I, I just, weird. Yes, on the Tyler Anderson one, um, he averaged 87 pitches a start in the whole uh, regular season, and he was at 86 pitches, I believe, in this game. Now, I would have pushed him another inning because he was kind of cruising, but you do get a little risky there. But they had the lead at that point. Was it three? Well, when did they get their third run? Three runs? So... I would have pushed him another like <clears throat> one more inning. Two nothing, two nothing at that point. Sorry, two nothing at that point. Yeah, the, the third one happened later. So I would have pushed him another inning, but I don't, I don't think that's egregious <clears throat> because that's what this dude has done. He's thrown around. He hasn't thrown. I don't think he's thrown a hundred pitches or or gotten into the ninety upper nineties all year. Um, I'm man. You know, some sometimes we got to eat a little, a little. Sorry, twice pie. he threw a hundred. There's. You know, me and Jimmy have mentioned one guy a couple times out of the Dodgers bullpen. And Trev, you you made a point to mention the other guy. Uh, we've been talking about Canely and how funny he is to watch and when he's right, how cool it is. You've been talking about how Yancey Almonte has come in and looked disgusting and not gave a fuck. Those guys end up giving up the runs. Uh, there's another infield single in here. No home runs in this game. I don't, so I don't know how either team won, Rod. Um, but it's, uh, I don't know, man. Also, like, Momentum is real. This game was three nothing. The Dodgers are in control. Everyone's kind of thinking the big bad wolf is back at it. Like, okay, so we're going to go back to LA. They're going to put their foot on the throat of another division rival. No, the Padres come out. They put up three quick. That happened fast. I was walking home. My sad boy move is uh, when I'm sad, I get off the subway a stop early. So I walk the New York streets and I feel it (laughs) three nothing. I could see and that. then I, I turned That's my so head sad. and saw in the bar, it was already three, three, it happened quick. And then it turned into five, three and man with a little rain in San Diego. How ironic is that they're believing in a goose people are going nuts and man, you know, sometimes, you know, you'll hear our love hate relationship with the Yankees. You know, they, they do some button up stuff where the New York Yankees and no beards and firm handshakes. And sometimes it's cool. Sometimes it's not, no. man, those, those guys coming back out to the field and high five and fans and you know that's that's special man and that you know for for what that is for San Diego in that city that is becoming a fantastic baseball city they lost their football team um San Diego is a baseball town man and and the energy there was just awesome and to take down the big bad wolf I don't know. Leaves leaves you with a lot of Dodgers questions for a team that won 111 games in that 2020 World Series. Like, let's be honest. Every time it comes up, you know, we're going to have a little bit more of a head turn every time because they've been so, so good. But that's their only thing right there. And I, I said it before and I, I phrased it kind of weirdly, but, you know, sometimes we we stumble into future analytics. You know, s- strikeouts are so valuable pitching wise. 
right? Like we analytics, we love a strikeout pitcher, right? Well, these teams putting the bat on the ball, whether it's the Guardians or the Phillies being hot right now or the Padres, you know, that NOLA infield single to get their first run to make the place go bonkers. I don't know. I, I know you can't really measure that, and it's not what you want. You want an exit velo of 110, but look at all these games. The Guardians have two wins on bloops to left field. Yeah, Putting but it didn't play matter. That's always been that's always been people have been getting that wrong, and A-Rod and the like have been just trying to make a situation black and white forever. The data shows if you hit more home runs, you will win. That doesn't mean yeah. in every other at bat strike out. The Astros right. are so good because they hit home runs. They also don't strike out. And too much of the the baseball media world has just been like, either you swing for the home run and get out or you hit home runs. And it's like, no, no, there's a lot of teams out there that still don't strike out a lot and still hit home runs. The Guardians don't hit home runs, but they put the ball in play and it's working for them. But they play the Astros. I bet they're going to have to hit some home runs to beat the Astros because the Astros do both. And it's just annoying that, like, they're making that black and white. Well, it's solo homers don't hurt you. I mean, they can, obviously, but, like, if you give a solo homer, you're, it's not that big of a deal. You give a three-run homer, that's a big deal. And to have a three-run homer, you have to have guys on base. I think we know this. Teams are focused on guys that have good plate dis- discipline and can slug. I mean, that's that's what – plays now you can sprinkle around some contact dudes some high obp guys around that that also obviously includes play discipline um but this game dude i'm gonna go back to the top of the seventh because we talked about the bottom and how you know the padres did it but the dodgers had a chance to open this game up and it was some really fun baseball they played uh you have uh mookie Betts with the walk great uh wild pitch trey turner bunts dude and this bunt was incredible um and they had no chance to get him because he is so fast i love when fast guys actually sprint and like run their hardest he looked like he was in fast forward okay so now you have uh him at first mookie at third they hit freddie freeman with the pitch uh bases loaded then you get the sack uh sack fly um and they bring in a pitcher Tim Hill, who now I found out might have dated my sister-in-law in high school. That's breaking news. I texted Olivia. I said, do you know this guy? He went to your high school. And he goes, and she goes, I think, he, I think Amanda dated. So that's interesting. Is Amanda older or younger than older? Than- First and second, Tim Hill comes in. He doesn't give a shit about the runners. They just take off. The Dodgers have a double steal. It wasn't even close. So now it's second and third with one out. And you got Tim Hill on the mound against Muncie and Turner, and he just mows right through him, strikes out Max Muncie, and then Turner grounds out. They could have blown the game open right there. A single right there, 5 nothing. That's a completely different ball game. And, you're, and then you can have some mistakes there in the bottom of the seven. It doesn't matter. But you got to give snaps to Tim Hill, dating my st- uh, sister-in-law and getting out of a big jam. Fan favorite at the office, uh, Kevin, who does socials for us. Makes a big is that who he makes the announcement for, Jake? Loves Tim Hill. Tim Hill is pitching like everyone. Give shut shit. up. Tim Hill on my shit list um, for throwing like he does and uh, not marrying uh, your wife's sister. Yeah, because um, he messed up. I'm sure she's a phenomenal woman. So me and Tim Hill are going to have to figure that out. 
Um, I, I said it before, I'll say it again. You know, well, a Musgrove six innings too, you know, and ends up being a fine start. Although he, you know, got out dueled by Anderson technically dude, this Padres bullpen, man, Josh Hader. And Oh, did Milwaukee pull the plug at the right time? I don't know, man. I'd kill to have that guy in the Yankees. I would <laughs> literally murder someone. Um, and what Suarez is doing, uh, man, I'm, you know, the NLCS, I think there was a little bit in baseball of, you know, Braves and Dodgers and these powerhouse teams, the high end talent of these teams. And that's why I've been excited about the Padres from the start of the year. It's why we want to see the Phillies in a playoff series for two years. Their high end talent goes toe for toe with anyone um, that, yeah, it feels a little video gamey seeing the yellow and brown of the Padres and the Phillies. But it, the talent is there, and it's going to be high-level baseball, so I'm excited for that. And Dodgers, whoo! Trey Turner, a free agent? I think as of right now, the three cockiest teams in baseball have already punched their ticket to the CS. Astros are cocky as shit, and they should be. They Six should straight. be. The Phillies are cocky as shit because they have – some dudes, they have a lot of money in there, and these guys well, are veterans. They're from like, Philadelphia. Are f- people from Philadelphia cocky? Mm, Cocksure. Yes. Cocksure. Cocksure. I like that word a lot. I'm going to start using that. And then the, the Padres have been cocky for years. And again, rightfully so. They have some guys there with some real deal talent, some real deal money in that bank account. But I like that energy, dude. That Phillies San Diego series. Look out, dude. Like the Machado versus Harper is fun. Nola Those two Nola fan bases were getting seven game series. I like that. I'm I do not like five game series. They they I, are 100 percent a crapshoot. Look out. Oh, I don't like the two two one of five game series. I really want to like dive into that more. What would you do? Three two? Would you do two one one one? I have no idea. I want to look into I want to see if there's a better way to do it. I don't know, man. Yeah, Hater looks so good coming out of the pen last night too. And th- so did I need to go back and check this. We mentioned like he had um his arm angle had either dropped or risen a little bit and that's why he wasn't getting the perceived velocity. He's got not only perceived velocity back, he's got like real velocity back as well. They must have made Punch. some mechanical adjustment because he is absolutely filthy right now. They had no chance against him in that last inning. Three punchies. See you later. Yeah, he's pretty nuts. This is going to sound super soft, and I look 14 years old right now with my no beard and necklace. Hater's iconic, man. His little wind-up and the hair and as where he throws from. I got dudes. Dude's like a baseball legend. Like I think what you're saying is like you could watch a silhouette of him and everyone. Yes, you know you who it is. Even, you, would, you would just know who it is at this point. You'd be like, that's Hater. Like he's, he's got his own thing going on. You know what? I heard from sources that part of his slump was he had a baby and he was tired. So how about that? Sources. Hey, think about what he did in the last inning. Mookie Betts, Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman, the greatest trio ever in the history of baseball. Sit down. All three of you sit down. We're going to go spray champagne all over Bob Melvin. I saw Bob Melvin take a swig of champagne. He didn't like it. <laughs> no one does. Or he's like, he didn't like that. 
Champagne is the biggest prank the French ever pulled. I love champagne. Don't talk about my French people. Oh, hey, hey, fellas. (laughs) What's wrong with champagne? It's like you have two sips and you're like, all right, great. That was good. I'm I'm done. People mix orange juice. Name another beverage that you celebrate with. Anything you mix orange juice with is shitty. You're like, I'm going to pour orange juice juice. in this to make it. Everyone knows the correct mimosa is a drop of orange juice. Everyone knows that. The mimosa place that did like cranberry and different juices. I like that place. Although I don't like cranberry juice, but it was, they did a bunch of different flavors. We got kicked out. Okay. Only one game tonight. It's the Yankees. I don't want to talk about it. Thanks for listening. Appreciate you. Go Padres. Go Phillies. Good job, Astros. Oh, Astros should just take off everything. They should just get drag and dropped into the LCS. They should. Exactly. Now you can add another playoff team. Baseball would love that. Big sucks. Regular season starting to mean shit in baseball, which is a bad thing because there's 162 games. Make the yeah. DS seven games. A-Rod's like, this is great for baseball. These teams with low payrolls are getting on. Like, no, it's not. It's opposite.